Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, I'm Brother Ali. Fight Diggy, Tribe Call Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles P the Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to the Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Today. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong, yeah. What's going on? Welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Martin Bauman. And today I talk to the man responsible for the highest selling hip hop song of all time in Canada. Last year he won a Juno Award, marking the first of his career for the quadruple platinum selling Inner Ninja. He's also arguably the biggest name in Canadian hip hop right now after Drake. He's put out 15 albums since 1995 when, as an 18 year old from a small town in Nova Scotia, he released Time's Up Kid. Incredibly, he's done it all without leaving his hometown of Enfield. That's right. Today, I'm talking to Classified. I caught up with Classified backstage at Western University in September. We talk about what it means to go quadruple platinum, learning from Maestro Fresh West, keys to success, and lots more. Take a listen. Uh, I guess we start off saying congrats on uh, Three Foot Tall going gold. Nice. Uh, how does that feel? Feels amazing. It's just, especially for that track. I didn't picture that track to go to radio. That was one of my favorite songs on the album, but it was more, even when I made the beat, more of like an underground hip-hop type song. And when the radio team wanted to go to radio, I was like, crazy, let's do it. In fact, the radio is even playing it now with gold. Pretty proud of it. Speaking of that song, in a line in that song, you say, feeling like we built the team, but only I wear the jersey. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, I started rapping when I was like 15, 16 years old. I, even back then, I had a group that I rapped with. It was like me and three other guys. You know, we started rapping together. Slowly, all kind of felt over fell off and kind of just stopped doing rap started worrying about more about life and getting jobs and going to university stuff like that and then even later in the years when you know when I'm working from like 20 to 25 I worked with a lot of guys a lot of artists a lot of groups that I was in and 99% of those people don't do music anymore so that's kind of what that whole line is like we all work towards something but I feel like you know nowadays I'm the only one that's still kind of doing it what was that original group that you're talking about the, with a the couple of the guys Celtic Rebels Let's get some facts Celtic on that. Rebel. Celtic Rebels. I was New Scotland. We were big influenced by House of Pain back in the day, right? Um, then we had uh, Ground Squad. That was like Cult of Jim. Cult of Jim was before Celtic Rebels. Yeah. That was when I was like four, 15. And then, uh, yeah, Ground Squad was like a group that I had with like me and seven or eight other guys. White Mike, a guy I still work with. Uh, Tyrone from Trailer Park Boys fame. J-Rock's boy. He was oh, in Grand really? Squad. Yeah, yeah. Mad Craze, his whole crew, Short Shane, Unknown, um, and Mar- a couple other guys anyway. But yeah, no, a lot of different rap groups to even my brother right here. Did music with him forever, man. I thought this guy fell off. Then he just started making music again like two months ago. Man. He's back. So he's starting. He wanted to wear the jersey, man. Yeah. Uh, talk about another Canadian hip-hop artist who is still doing it. Maestro Fresh West. Maestro is one of the first guys that, you know, one of those guys that I grew up watching and, and listening to his music. And then him reaching out to me to do music. Like, it was the first time I was ever kind of, like, starstruck. Like, okay, this guy's going to come to my studio work with me. And we made probably almost an album worth of material. All the songs we've done, probably ten songs anyway. But he's, like, a good friend and, and a guy that I like making music with. And now that he's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, I'm hoping I can get to go out there and celebrate him. Shad's going to be out there. And then Chaos, Cardinal. So. so so tell me about that first connection between you and, and uh, Maestro. How did that come about? Uh, this was like back in the trial and error days, which was an album I put out in like 2003. And he heard 
It might have been the Maritimes. No, it was before that because that was the same album. But he, he heard a song anyway, and Daryl from Urbnet, an old label that I used to work with, he told me, oh, Maestro heard of your stuff, liked your stuff, wants you to call him, gave me his number. I was like, I gotta call Maestro Fresh West? This is just, this is weird, right? <laughs> and I called him, and he was just like super friendly guy, just like, hey, what's up, we love your music, man, you know, love to work on something. And then this first song we did was just the way it is that was on the Trial and Error album with him, Eternia, and DL Incognito. Uh, could you speak sort of to the influence that he's had on you in, in his career? Um, we'll just even be the, like the first Canadian rapper that really made it on that type of level or whatever. That's definitely a big influence. Like, even back then, it wasn't even like, oh, he's a Canadian rapper. He was just a rapper. Like back in 89, 90 when that came out, it wasn't like so separated of American hip-hop, Canadian hip-hop. It was just dope hip-hop and, oh, look, he's Canadian too. That's crazy. You know what I mean? And then just to be a guy that, like the first time I was with him in the studio, he came down to my house and we stayed in the studio for like two or three days and it was just his energy of like, oh, let's grab this record, try this sample, throw it on the turntable, I'd chop it up, you'd get excited. Like just his energy after doing music for like 20 years, it's like, it's refreshing to see someone that really loves what they're doing. Speaking of another Canadian kind of icon in the hip hop scene, uh, now that the album was out as well, was there an attempt to get snow on the track? Yeah. I think I reached out on I, I, on Twitter. I was like, I need to connect for snow, and everybody thought I was looking for cocaine. Everyone's like, oh, man, don't go down that road, man. And I was like, what is everyone talking about? Why are they hating on Darren Snow? That's his name. And, uh, and then someone's like, yeah, you don't want to do that, man. And I got what was going on. I, I don't do coke. I'm a weed head. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm a fan of snow, man. I grew up on the old snow stuff. Uh, I met him a couple years ago. We did a couple tours, and like not a couple tours, but a couple shows in like Newfoundland years ago and stuff, so. So can you reveal, was that going to be a song, like, is that a, a song that would have that featured was, him that is on the album? It was on my album, the one with Raekwon. Oh. The okay. track with Raekwon. I was looking for a chorus for that, and I was like, man, let me try to get snow on this. Speaking of another song on that album, Inner Ninja is now quadruple platinum. Uh, did you ever see that coming? No. I, I thought the song was something special. Even me, me and Dave made it. We were like, okay. It almost didn't make the album. It almost did, No, it always made the album. I thought it was questionable. It wasn't questionable. No, it, wasn't. it was questionable to be the first single because it was so much different from the rest of the album that I was like, I usually like to drop something more familiar to the rest of the album. I knew it was different. And I was like, this is going to have its own little spot. Um, and then when I kind of started talking to my radio team and playing it out, they're like, this could be something. And, and when me and Dave were making it, we calling it Inner Ninja and all this stuff, we're like, is this cheesy? Is this just too stupid? You know what I mean? But what the song was about, it was a serious song, but we didn't want to be over the top preachy about it. We wanted to have fun with it. I grew up, I loved ninjas as a kid, so I was all about it. Dave was like, you know, finding your inner ninja. And we're like, if this goes, it's going to go. Like, people are going to catch on to it, or it's going to be kind of one of those just quirky little songs that, you know, has its own little cough following. But it took off like we couldn't believe. Yeah, it's crazy. But as for the actual quadruple platinum of the uh, of the song, what does that mean to you? And, and yeah, what does that mean to have a quadruple platinum song? That's like 370,000 albums sold, so that's, uh, that's salary for the next couple of years. <laughs> That's a great thing. Um, but at the same time, like for iTunes, it's the biggest Canadian selling hip-hop song like on iTunes. It's sold more than like Eminem's Lose Yourself, which is crazy. In Canada, let's be clear about that. Don't got that Eminem money, but just in Canada. So it's it's crazy, man. It's, it still sells like it just came on. It's been on for almost a year now. Class, what is the best piece of advice that someone's ever given to you? Um, I don't know. I haven't got it yet. Fair enough. Uh, I, this isn't a tweet of yours, but um, but it's something a retweet, I suppose. Uh, if you aren't willing to invest money into your career, 
you aren't willing to succeed. It takes money to make money. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, I think people need to put... I think you're going to make sacrifice if you really want to be successful with something. Even my brother Mike Boyd here, who's sitting here, he's working on an album now, and he gets beats from me. It, it doesn't really like cost me anything to give him beats, but I'm like, I'm going to charge you 200 bucks a song, which is nothing. Anybody know how much it goes to make a studio and... and you know, get a deal. producer. It's a great deal. Great. Hooked him up. But I'm like, I'm just doing it just so you put some money on the line. Like, you can't just... If you're going to just do it for fun, do it for fun. But if you're really trying to do it serious and get your stuff out there, you got to put more than just, okay, I'm going to write my raps, go to the studio, and, and have fun with it. you got to really put yourself out there and put your time, your energy, and your money into it. Mike Boyd once said, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. I believe him. That's the best advice. <laughs> there you go. That's the best advice, yeah. Uh, from where you are now and looking back on your career, is there anything that you know now that you wish you would have known 10, 15 years ago? Um, not really. I guess more just so even like the record label thing. Like when I first came out, and I think most artists that first come out are like, I want to get a record deal, I want to get signed so I can blow up. No one's going to sign you unless you're already making money on your own and you're already successful on some kind of terms. Unless they're just going to rip you off and you know, if you're nobody, they sign you, you're going to get ripped off, you're going to hate your life. 10 years anyway but I don't know I think you just gotta realize no one's gonna help you in this game and just really put your head down and go at it like I'm gonna have to do this on my own if somebody else comes in steps in and helps me out that's a bonus but prepare to do it by yourself now looking going from the past to looking into the future um, what, what would you like to do now that you that you haven't had a chance to do yet or what do you see yourself doing in the future that you'd still like to do Madison Square Gardens I'm lying about Madison Square Gardens uh, well obviously that'd be great but that's not happening I don't know just producing and shit like I've I've been a guy that's always wants to at the end of the day I want to be a producer work in my home studio produce my records and bring artists in bring artists that I'm fans of that I grew up listening to and produce records for them make beats and stuff that's where I want to be well there you have it if you want to know more about Classified you can go to thecomeupshow.com we've got all his latest music and videos plus lots more if you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating or a comment. Same goes if you're listening on SoundCloud. We appreciate it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Comp Show. Once again, I'm Martin Bauman. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Music.